0: What's going on, y'all? Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the Ragers show this week, man. We are so blessed, so excited, so ecstatic that we got a quarterback this week, man. We cannot even begin to wait to talk to you about the beatdown. I will tell you which way the beatdown is going to happen on Sunday night football. It is 9 o'clock in the morning, man. We are ready to rock and roll. We got a great show for y'all. I'm riding with my boy, Jared. Um, What's going on, Jared, man? How you doing, homie? I'm doing good. I, I just got done with a move, so
1: I'm uh, back in action. Hopefully get catch some of these uh, morning games, get some uh, money on the line
0: for this uh, Sunday night game against Kansas City. Absolutely. So excited after last week's train wreck. And we'll get a chance to visit last week. We got our butts kicked a little bit, not only in the betting world, but also in the game. But I'm looking forward to breaking that down with you. But in case you're new to the show, let's break it down for you. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about Broncos football. We're going to talk about how to make money while watching Broncos football. And we're going to throw out some fantasy lineup bets for you, fantasy lineups for you to think about when you're daily fantasy. We're going to throw out some bets for you to bet on in the game. Oh, let's. Can I, I'm going to restart that part, Jared. Is that all right? Yeah, good. Ah, all right. So we'll go from the fact when you send it back to me. All right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So excited for this Sunday night matchup this week. It's excited that we have a quarterback. Um, if you're new to the Rager show, let's break it down for you. What we're going to do is we're going to break down the Broncos game. But we're gonna look at it through a fantasy football and a sports betting lens. And if you're like, hey, Ray, you any good at this thing? Well, we're right now we're at 24, 16, and three on the year. That includes going over four last week. So before last week, we were 24 and 12. We were hitting almost 60, 65% of our bets. We were doing absolutely demolishing it. Excited to break it down with you this week, Jared, and see how we can freaking make some money, man. But man, you man, may, you know what time it is?
1: Is it is it beer
0: 30? Be it beer 30. <laughs> Beard 30. I got
1: one. Orange Weekly. Fans, brews, and Broncos news.
0: Oh man, I, you know, it's like I said, where I'm at, it's nine o'clock in the morning. No beers for me right now. Jared, it looks like he's going for it, man. That's what I'm talking do, about. Hey, it's Sunday what afternoon.
1: It's time for time for football. That's what I'm, right. I'm gonna drink some beer and watch the football.
0: I'm not messing around now. I got pre-workout today. For y'all beef heads, y'all, y'all beef cakes, y'all beefy five letter burritos out there. I got bucked up buck wild pre-workout. And you know what? This pre-workout is not only is it bomb.com. It's got that deer antler stuff in there, man. Y'all remember Ray Lewis? Deer antler stuff. <laughs> Look at a buck wild, man. This is the this is the bomb pop flavor, man. I'm gonna be ready. I'm gonna be jacked up, and I'm not missing a bet today. I guarantee you, damn that.
1: <laughs> hey, I'm not. I'm not even gonna lie on that. I love bucked up. That's my that's my stuff. Hey, bucked up. If you're listening, we need a sponsor because shit. I'll I'll take that any day. That, that stuff is good. I use that's that when thing. I'm underway and I need a little wake me up. Oh man, it's good.
0: Bucked up is where it's at. Well, so Jared, we get embarrassed, literally punchlines. And on national media, I think on the Fallon show or something, we make an oh, appearance, yeah. coaches all across the league, making these comments about the Broncos quarterback situation. The NFL clearly was out to make uh, an example out of the Denver Broncos. And the fact that we have zero ownership, just let Roger Goodell just walked all over the Broncos backs last week. Last week was literally, literally, literally an embarrassment. What are your, just your general thoughts about the Saints game last week and, um, the, the, the wide receiver hybrid guy that was selling stuff on the streets a week ago is playing quarterback in an NFL game.
1: I, I, I think you said it perfectly national embarrassment is exactly what it was. I think from from the beginning to the end, the idea that we were in meetings without masks all the way through the end of, of making us play with a, a wide receiver that was on the practice squad that we signed a week ago. But, hey, I got to give a shout out. Kendall Hinton. He did a great job. It, you, you can't ask for more from a guy. He did have only one completion. But let's be honest, that's one of the best offenses and defenses in the league right now. The Saints are one of the best teams in the league and one of the favorites to go to the Super Bowl in the NFC and and we had to go throw him in there so you know shout out to him I, I do think he did with what he could uh the best he could and, and same thing you know uh I, I just I just think that it was a no-win situation for us there was nothing that we could have done about it uh no matter which way you kind of sliced it we, we were keeping their offense off the field for a little bit but when our offense can't stay on the field there's only so much they could do you can't hate on them for that
0: Listen, y'all, I, I think I finally put my finger on it here. I, I know I know what you're thinking, man. Y'all Orange Weekly folks, if y'all been following the show, y'all always calling out Ray. Ray's the hater. Ray's really critical about the Broncos. Listen, I've been a that hard Bronco fan since the day I was born, you can ask Jared, in my house, we have the Bronco wall, right? You know, every freaking Bronco fan's got it where they got a thousand pieces of Bronco memorabilia from free posters to signed autographs, hanging up a wall a diehard Bronco fan here, man. But I've been critical about the Broncos this year. I've been really critical about the coaching situation. It's not going to change my fandom. I'm not going to change it. I got my Bill Romanowski jersey on today. I'm, I'm not messing around today. It's not going to change it. But I think I finally put my finger on it and it showed its head last week. And I think I know what the problem is with the Broncos. Pat Shermer is a pile of fucking garbage. (laughs) I mean, I just think – when I think about the situation here, okay, most of y'all that listen to this probably played football at some point in time in your life or understand something about football, right? We see Hinton in this situation where he's got one completion in the entire game and two interceptions. But the one completion that he had was like the only completion that really made sense. It was a little tunnel screen and it was a dink and dunk. I didn't see a single play in the first half where they just threw a quick screen, a quick play, get the ball out of Hinton's hand. Every single time Hinton threw the ball, it was a 20-yard shot down the field. I don't know if that's my play design. I don't know what it is. But the play design, to me, was just atrocious. I couldn't even believe it. I realized that we, we have to throw the ball at some point in time. But the fact that we didn't even set up, like, put four guys on the right side of the line of scrimmage and just throw a screen pass. I mean, literally you and I, if you've ever played football in life, could complete that kind of pass in that kind of game. Now, I'm not saying it would have gone for a lot of yards, but the fact that they never even got Hinton comfortable in the game, I think was something that was critical. The other thing I think is just important to note is that's that's the difference, right? When we talk about the NFL and the quality of a star quarterback, you pick up a fourth fourth guy off the bench, off the street, he's not going to be able to be successful in that type of game. I just right. – I'm just being really critical about the way that the coaches got them in a situation to be successful. I think our coaching staff on the offensive side, specifically Pat Sharmer, has been a heaping pile of of just dog shit this year. And and this was just a perfect example of his inability, inability to scheme up anything to make any sort of offense happen was really, really eye-opening for me. Vic, I apologize. I've been calling you a steamy pile of hot garbage I'm gonna retract that just a little bit. You might just be a normal pile of hot garbage. <laughs> Pat Shermer is a fucking pile of shit. I, I, that's my that is my hot take right now, man. I don't know how you feel about Pat Shermer, but I've just been so frustrated with play calling all year long. In the one game where we needed you just to just to be a coach and and do something about putting your players in the best situation possible, you couldn't even effing do it.
1: Hey, uh, this pre workout's kicking in a lot faster than I was expecting it for you, man. You're on a you're on a roll right now. You're on a roll. Now, hey, look, I've actually been a fan of Pat Shermer, but you're right. I think there's some certain things that I, I, I like his scheme. I like the way he goes, but it doesn't seem like he schemes against the defense he's playing. We've talked on this show, we've talked on the Orange Weekly show. Hey, this is what the defense is good at. The defense is good at run stopping. Let's throw the ball. Let's. This defense has a terrible pass defense. Let's run the ball, and then we throw 45 times. So it, it does seem like Pat Shermer's is not really getting the 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 concept of we're scheming against the defense. You're not scheming against your own offense. You're not right. trying to make the big plays no matter who you're playing. You're trying to scheme against who you're I, – I, I think that's yeah. one thing that I can agree with you on. I do think Pat Shermer needs a little bit of time, but you're right. It showed its head here against, uh, against the Saints when he had you know, this, this backup guy and he couldn't get him going.
0: Yeah, I mean and, and it's always interesting, and I don't know if this is any truth to this, but we see these head coaches that were great offensive coordinators. They get their head coaching gig. They get their butts kicked, right? they pop back down into a coordinator role and then is are they are they just trying to make their way back to the head coaching role right do are they not actually in the moment trying to win games but in the moment trying to show hey I can turn Drew Locke into a 3000 yard passer with 35 complete 35 touchdowns and six interceptions is he is he trying to do that too much where he's trying to prove that he can take you know some nice pieces but not really a complete offense and turn it into this high-powered machine just so we can get another off, uh, coaching job. I, that's where I sometimes I see those dynamics come to play. I'm just a little frustrated, and especially when we were in a situation where we needed to do our best of coaching, it just felt like we. Stunk it up, and that was that was ultimately really, really embarrassing as well. So yeah, unfortunately for him,
1: if that's his plan, uh, he's not doing a very good job. We're the thirty-second defense, 30 second offense in the league, so right. he's not he's not helping his case at all.
0: Things aren't going well, is what you're saying. Yeah. All right, so we take this and we fast forward to Sunday night, and and a little bit concerned right here, right? We got the ten and one Kansas City Chiefs coming to town. You know, this might be the time of year where they might start taking their foot off the gas pedal, but actually their second in the AFC right now to the Pittsburgh Steelers, and right now don't have a first-round buy coming up. Patrick Mahomes has split himself away from the rest of the NFL. I think he's at like minus 500 or minus 600 odds to win the MVP right now. So he is the clear, clear front runner to win the MVP. We got a big-time team coming to town. Let me do this, though, Jared. I don't know if you've gone back and looked yet, and let's just play a game here. But let's rewind to the last time we played the Kansas City Chiefs, okay? And I'm going to read you some stats. Okay. Patrick Mahomes, two hundred yards passing, one touchdown, three sacks. Will you take those stats this week?
1: Uh, <laughs> I'm going I'm to take. I'm going to take over that. Yeah, uh, for 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 a couple of reasons, only because a, a uh, all that happened towards the end of the game. Anyway, we we're holding Pat Mahomes pretty well, right. if I remember correctly in that game. And I, and I feel like the reason it got so out of hand is because of the turnovers, if I remember correctly. Uh, I think we threw two interceptions had two fumbles like it was bad. Um, yeah. and, and honestly, the run game is what did it for him. And that's what happened last week. Their run game did or their pass game right. last week did everything they didn't need to use the run game. I think for them, it's going to be the run game this week. Yeah. Also, we have the absence of Bryce Callahan. And I think that's a huge hit to our defensive backfields uh, in that aspect. So I I think he does better than 200 yards and yeah. one
0: touchdown. And, and amazing that we held him to this 200 yards and one touchdown last week. And we think about this stat, right? We had Patrick Mahomes, from runner of the MVP, 200 yards, one touchdown. If he plays that type of game again on Sunday, I mean, the Broncos, give them a gold medal on the defensive side. That would be an incredibly impressive game. If we go back to that last game, so the last time the Broncos played Kansas City Chiefs, Mahomes had a very lackluster, average, below average type of day for Mahomes. Clyde Allaire, 46 rushing yards, one touch. I think the total team had 80 overall rushing yards. Here's what I'm getting at here, okay? Mahomes, 200 yards passing. Their rushing game, 80, 80 90 yards rushing. I think they had like less than 300 yards of total offense. Jared, yeah. can you remember the score of the last game
1: a uh, lot to a little. I think we scored I think we got one touchdown. I want to say it was like 16 points. Yep. Uh, yep. And I, I think they, they scored over 40. I know they scored we over 40. Scored
0: over 40. So it's so crazy. If you were to take this the box score and you were to look at that and you would say Mahomes one touchdown, Alaire one rushing touchdown. You're not you don't look at the box you don't think of a blowout there. You look at the box score. Next thing you know the Broncos are down 43-16. We lose that game last week. Where did that happen? You're right. There are tons of turnovers pick six or a fumble for a touchdown. There was a defensive touchdown in there and there was a special teams touchdown that happened in that game that really blew that game out of the water. And so the interesting, and I think you and I are both on the same page, let's, let's project to this week. Mahomes, we both definitely think Mahomes is going to be over 200 yards passing in one touchdown. I think that that's definitely going to happen. Rushing, you know, the rushing is is a complimentary piece. Does, does a layer or the total rushing team have more than 75, 80 yards rushing this week? Probably. I mean, somewhere in that range. Who knows? The question that I'm trying to get to here is, does that bode well for the Broncos? Do the Broncos even have a chance this Sunday night if we take basically Kansas City's best punches and we turn them into pretty average days and we still get blown out 43 16
1: Yeah, so I I think the biggest part here is, and and I mentioned it earlier on the defensive side, the absence of Bryce Callahan. I think that's going to be a huge thing. Uh, However, we do have Shelby Harris back. uh, So that's a huge point for our run defense. But take away the turnovers, take away the special teams touchdown. I still think you can put the ball into Patrick Mahomes' hands and do something. Unfortunately, luckily luckily for him in the last game, he didn't have to do anything. Right. right. He didn't have to. He had a pick six, a a kickoff return for a touchdown. He Mm -hmm. didn't have to go all ball out. Like He didn't need to. But when you put him in a situation where he needs to and he needs to be scoring, he's going to do it. So unfortunately for me, for us as Broncos fans, I think we can keep this closer game than them scoring 43 points do I think that we have a chance to really keep it close enough to be able to win it? I haven't seen enough from the Denver Broncos to
0: be able to do that. Yeah. And, and scary number here, right? I think we're over 10. And if we lose this year, we oh, haven't yep. Kansas city chiefs in five years. Oh, that, that is, that is That's piss, piss poor pitiful. All right. So again, I, I, I'm not picking the Broncos to win. I, I, the Broncos right now are 14 point underdogs. That's probably a pretty damn good number. That's a pretty good number. To be honest, number, yeah. I don't think the Broncos—they um, can't keep pace with him on the offensive side. So they—they're going to have to contain Mahomes to a to a very very lackluster performance, which they did last time, and they still scored forty. I think Vegas believes this game is going to be just an utter blowout like it was last week, and hopefully um, not as embarrassing as what happened last week against the Saints. But the point of what we try to do here, and the point that why you're listening to the show right now is sports betting and fantasy football is all about predictability and doing our best to predict what's going to happen so that way we can see if there's value to make some flipping money. Last year, we took a couple shots in the dark. We had no idea what the game was going to have in store, but we like betting. And again, if you've heard our episodes, betting for us is entertainment, right? We're not here. We're not pro cappers we're here to have a good time talk broncos and you know what if we throw around a couple hundred bucks on a sunday and we make a couple hundred bucks hell yeah man buy yourself a new a new set of golf clubs whatever you got to do buy yourself some more bucked up you know that's <laughs> all we're here trying to do so we're not here um asking you to put down your mortgage and if you are putting your mortgage in here man you got to I'm sure there's a helpline that's going to call you something you can call somewhere to give you some help but That's why we threw some money on last week's game. So let's fast forward to this week's game, and let's start to look at some of the matchups and the positions groups, and let's see if we can find some value to give us something to root on on Sunday night football. So let's start with the wide receiver groups, Jared. Let's break down wide receivers versus the defensive backs of the Kansas Chiefs. Looks like the wide receiver team on the Broncos' side, fully at full strength, pretty much healthy across the board, of course, setting out for the year. What are you seeing? Do we have an advantage here? Do we have a chance here? Where are we at?
1: Yeah, so uh, it is nice that we have our full receiving core. Obviously, with the absence of Cortland Sutton, who's been out all year, uh, Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, KJ Hamler. I think those are those are our, are going to be our core guys, and not just for this year, but I think for the next few years, uh, they are going up against a. And and you know, typically you think of the Chiefs' defense as being not so great, but they're going up against pretty decent guys. They're playing pretty well this year. Brasha Breland's playing pretty well as well as Sharvarius uh, Ward. Wow, that, that was sounds hard. pretty good. That was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. So sure, various word, uh, both those uh, both those corners are playing very well uh, this year. Obviously, you have the honey badger back there. Uh, yeah. Their free safety, their over the top help is not very good, though. And that's I think that's something that if we're going to have to take advantage somewhere, it's going to be that over the top man on man uh, yeah. taking it over the top because um Right now, I think the short stuff that we need to get going, and and again, this goes back to you know you can make a, a Pat Shermer hater out of me in this game if we don't if we don't game plan against what they have because they're man to man, they're press coverage, you know old. You know, 2015 Denver Broncos style press coverage man defense is actually pretty good. So we need a game plan against that. Um, But if we can try some stuff over the deep and we have two very Jerry Judy and uh, Tim Patrick are very good over the middle. But I'm not saying throw 40 times over the middle or, or throw it deep. I'm saying we need to stop and we need to get layers into our defense in order for this to work out.
0: Yeah, and, and we've talked about it a, a thousand times on this show. The, it, the only way Broncos ever win, the recipe for winning is is for Locke to have somewhere in the 22 to 25 pass attempts, somewhere in the 18 completion mark, a touchdown, no interceptions, and we need to have a solid run game going, and so – I'm right there with you, uh, but you're, you're spot on, though. Kansas City is giving up the fourth least, so they're fourth best in the NFL when it comes to fantasy points to wide receivers. That doesn't necessarily bode well for our, um, our wide receivers this week, but we also have to keep in mind, guess what? News alert, news break, hello, Buck Wild is kicking in right now. Bucked up is kicking in. The Broncos are going to be down in this game. So we always need to take yes. that into consideration that the only way you can catch up in a game is by throwing the dang football. So I think that's going to, we're probably going to see a lock with a 30, 35 type of an attempt type of day. That's just the way that the game is going to play out. Now, the interesting thing though, though, you mentioned about the safety play a little bit and I want to take this into and we'll roll this into the next part with the tight end crew. And this is where I'm actually seeing a lot of value this week is because Kansas City is giving up the 20 most. So they're, they're in the bottom half bottom third of the league when it comes to fantasy points, given up to tight ends this year. And so that's an interesting one. We got a little bit of weak safety play happening in that regard. How do you see sort of the tight end group playing against those linebackers? And if you want to roll that up into the running backs, feel free.
1: Yeah. So I I love this because, you know, we, we do this every single week. And and for those of you that have been following us at the beginning, thank you. If you're just now joining us, this is going to be a theme if you listen back, but Noah Fant, I'll take the Noah Fant line. Always take the Noah. Like every single week, we seem to be hammering Jerry or uh, Noah Fant and uh, Philip Lindsay. And yep. this one, it might be a little difficult for the Philip Lindsay. I'll let I'll kick that one back to you eventually. But uh, the Noah Fant, I don't even know what his no- yards are, but they're going to be there. Yep. They're going to be there. He had he was the only person with the catch last week. You know that we want to try to get him the ball. We need yes. to get him the ball, and he is our playmaker on offense. And this is the game to do it. Like you said, they're ranked what twenty eighth in the league against. Yep.
0: Yep, they're giving up in their twenties of most fantasy points at tight ends.
1: So Yeah, and we have one of the I and I still believe maybe not statistically this year because of how terrible our offense has been. Right. But one of the one of the best tight ends in the league and Noah Fant. And they're they're like you said, their linebackers are not able to cover the tight ends. Uh their pass grade on the uh pass defense on the on the linebacker side is not very good. Uh, I think their best guy is Damian Wilson, and he's not sure. fast enough to keep up with with right. uh Noah Fant. And like I said, the safety help over the top while the honey. Badger's good he's been in the league for a little while he's starting to slow down a little bit he hasn't been able to make the plays that he usually does I think this is our hammer bet yeah. my my opinion the tight end room is where it's at
0: yeah and I agree and, and if we look back to Locke and a healthy lock, you know who healthy, you know who healthy lock loves to throw the ball to is stinking tight ends. I mean, if we look at the number of completions, to tight ends, of course that was with Albert. O. and we got Vinette and butts of the world. All those guys that, that, that lack that crazy tight end room that we have right now. We're looking at lock completing like 11 balls, 13 balls, a high of 17 completions to tight ends in a single game. Lock loves the tight ends. The tight end rooms, a little bit injured right now. looks like no offense, basically our best option. I think, uh, I believe Butt's out again. Uh, You know, Albert yeah, O oh, for the year. I think Vinette maybe still is in there. And I can't even think, think about Andrew, Andrew Beck
1: just came that's back great. from IR. So he's back Perfect. now. I think that's 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 him. That's basically that's Fant and Beck. Yep. So
0: I think that that's really interesting. And we'll look at some lines here in a second. But the teaser alert here is I also think that there's a tremendous value in the tight end room. And I'm going to give you another way that we know that there's value here in a few minutes. Let's go running backs here, Jared. We also see that Kansas City Giving up 20 seconds um, in the league to fantasy points to to running backs. It seems to be another weakness for them. Um, of course we know defense isn't the strength their of offense is, but what about the running back room and what do we have going on? And give us a quick injury update report. Um, we, we saw Lindsay not complete the game last week, if you got it. Yeah, so
1: uh, Lindsey didn't complete the game. It looks like he will be a go for this week, which is good. Um, And I think that's going to be – it's going to be difficult, though. I think it's going to limit his numbers because he was never full practice this week. So I do think that might limit the number of touches he gets. So Melvin Gordon might be – uh, you, you might see Melvin Gordon getting eighty to twenty percent, uh, eighty percent of the of the runs this right. week. And I know a lot of people aren't going to like that. Give the ball, Lindsey, but he is he's not a hundred percent healthy. I don't think he's a hundred percent healthy. I think he's good enough to go for this game, but I don't think they want to risk anything uh against the Kansas City Chiefs specifically. Uh, and here's another one. Going back to our earlier conversation, and and if uh, their their strength of their defense is on the interior defensive line, the right. the. Weakness of our offense is on the interior of our offensive line. Lloyd Cushenberry has not been playing very well as as his rookie year. Obviously, it's a tough position as a center uh, to come in and play as a rookie, but he's, he's not doing very well and their their strength is on that interior. If we're yeah. going to have success in the run game, it's going to be running it and bouncing it to the outside. We need to get those stretches. We need to get the tosses. We need to get the 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 options to the outside and we need to make sure that we do not try to run it up the middle. And unfortunately, that's kind of where we've been with this whole zone right. defense is trying to run up the middle. So if we can get to the outside, we have a very good chance of having much higher success. Melvin Gordon has the speed if he needs to, to be able to bounce outside. And obviously so does uh, Phillip, lindsey when he gets the ball but that middle might be an issue
0: yeah and, and we don't see any lines right now on philip lindsey because i think they're still waiting to see what the situation is with the injury report uh melvin gordon sitting at 55 yards right now again i think what they believe is that he's going to get the lion's share we've been seeing melvin gordon in the more like the 40 45 yard range all year long he's up at 55 yards so that maybe tells us that we think that lindsey may have be very limited this week i think something that we'll watch as we get closer to kickoff is rushing attempts if i see melvin gordon In the 10 to 11 rushing attempt range, I think it's worth a bet this week. I bet to Jared's point, 13 to 15 touches is probably what Melvin Gordon's going to get this week. Plus the Broncos want to slow down the game. That is part of the Broncos game plan. And so I wouldn't be surprised if Melvin Gordon has six to eight, maybe even 10 touches in the first half. And so let's keep a look at those rushing attempts there. If they're sitting anywhere in the 10 to 12 range, I think it's worth a bet on Melvin Gordon going over those rushing attempts. And so, Again, if you, if you need some instant live, follow us, O-W-Ragers. That's like you're placing a wager, but with Ray in there. Y'all yeah, get it. Y'all yeah, get it. O-W-Ragers on Twitter. You can find us there. I'll post some funny shit as the games progress throughout the day. Um, let's start to think about this game here. And I, I left Drew Locke off for a second. We're going to talk about Drew Locke kind of through the receivers as we look at these guys here. I'm going to play the over-under game with you, brother. You're going to tell me over-under some number of – receiving yards for our receiving crew we're going to start with tim patrick 42.5 receiving yards over or under over over 42 so jerry judy's at 50.5 yards receiving over under this week so that one's a tough one. I don't, I don't,
1: I don't want to put the money on it. Only because Jerry Judy is injury prone. He has an ankle issue. It's been bothering him for the last couple weeks. Um, and while he has been playing each each and every week, we don't know where he's going to be sitting. If we are down and we need to throw the ball, he's going to get that. I, I just, it's, it's hard for me to think fifty yards for one guy. Uh, I do like Tim Patrick. I still think Tim Patrick is Drew Locke's number one go-to guy. Um, that, that's just my opinion.
0: Yeah, and when we look again, let's play this game. We're going to look at the number of receptions. Again, it's sitting at 3.5, but we're seeing negative 120 juice, which is pretty close to normal juice there. So it's about 50-50. They think it's going to be over three. So they're going to catch three or four balls, basically, is what they're saying. You think four balls, 50 yards, that's probably reasonable, but we're starting to get close there. No offense, 38 yards this week. What do you think?
1: Over. Over over, 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 over,
0: over, and over and over again and
1: over again. Yes. <laughs> over. I mean, he's going to be our, he's going to be our guy that we have to throw the ball to this week.
0: Yeah. And this is where, if you're, if you're new to the betting world, this is where you can sometimes find some value or lines that don't make sense. If we look at his receptions sitting at 3.5 receptions on the game, that's where the over under is set at. The juice, though, is at minus 150 right now. So basically what they're saying is that there is a heavy belief that he is going to go over 3.5 receptions. All right, so that means he's going to catch it. He's got it. The betting public thinks that he's going to catch at least four balls. Vegas thinks he's going to catch at least four balls, and his yards are at 38. (laughs) Okay, what kind of average would you need to catch on four balls to go over 38 yards? 10 yards a a catch? I think that Noah Fan is easily 10 yards a catch kind of guy. This is oftentimes when I don't know much about a game, but I want to get some interest in the game and I want to put a bet down. Sometimes you can find these discrepancies like this where you find, oh, for some reason their receptions is incredibly juiced, right? You've got to pay a lot of extra juice for them to go over four catches. Well, why are their yards sitting? It doesn't make sense numbers-wise for that four catches and that yards. Again, we go up to Jerry Judy, three point five 3.5 catches, 55 yards, 50.5 yards in the game, you know, of course, wide receivers tend to get a little bit more down the field action. But what we're seeing there is those numbers, those correlate and make a little bit more sense to me. If somebody's sitting at 38 receiving yards in a week, I'd expect their receptions to be more like two and a half, right? That they would be maybe catching three balls. Right now we're seeing massive money, massive juice on over 3.5 balls. I'm going to lock it in right now. I don't care which way you want to take it. I think Fant's a slam dunk this week. I'm going to take Fant over 38.5 yards. That's the one that I prefer. I'm a yards guy. I I, I hate playing the receptions count, but I I, I tend to play it at times. Jared, I think Fant's going to go over 38.5 yards. If you like the receptions, I like that. Fant's a five-catch, 65-yard, probably a touchdown type of day Sunday night. So I love that. Last one, K.J. Hamler, 36.5 yards. Yay or nay? I don't like the
1: yards on that, <clears throat> I, and, and I do like K.J. Hamler. I do think Dishon Hamilton might get play here as sure. well. Uh, K.J. Hamler hasn't shown me enough, I, I, and, and not just K.J. Hamler, not him as a person, not him as an athlete, but I don't think the offense has shown me enough that they're willing to get the ball to K.J. Hamler to put the money down on 36 yards. I think he gets one to two catches and probably mm-hmm. goes just under this at maybe 20, 26 yards. I just don't see over 30
0: yeah, again, well, let's just keep the game going. When we look at the receptions, it's sitting at 3.5 receptions, but it's massive positive juice, right? So you're getting better than one-to-one odds. It's like plus 145 right now, which clearly means that the betting public think it's going to go under. These are two lines that make sense to me, right? 35 yards, but we're also seeing receptions favoring the under, so more like a – probably to your point, Jared, it's probably a two-catch 28-yard type of day. If he catches one and pops, he's there. Um if we get desperate like that one drive a couple of weeks ago where he just worked Drew Lachit through to KJ Hamler like seven times in a row, I mean you never know what's <laughs> going to happen. I'm going to stay away from the KJ Hamler line because I think to your point, the lines aren't presenting any value there to me. And we it's hard to dictate what's going to happen in the game. No Lindsay line. No um we see the Gordon line at 54. Again, I'm going to keep an eye on the rushing attempts line this week because I think there's going to be some value there, especially if it comes out in the 10 to 12 type of range drew luck 21 completions is his projected he's projected for 237 yards passing and his over under on touchdowns is set at 1.5 any of those numbers stick out to you sound good sound bad sound wrong what do you think
1: i i feel like they all sound about right um I mean, Vegas knows what they're doing, uh, yeah. and, and, this is, and this goes back to your point uh, earlier. I, I think this might be a game that we're behind and we have to come back, and if that's the case, we're definitely getting over 21 receptions. I think we're going to abandon the run game early, especially if, if Pat Shermer has shown us anything. It's that he does not like the run game if we get put into our backs against the wall early, so I do like the over 21 uh, completions. The yards, I think if we're completing over 21 completions, I think – and again, this, this goes back to I, I still think that our offensive core, our, our wide receivers, our running backs, they get the ball in their hands and they can make something of it. Yeah. If we're completing 21 passes, it's not 21 screen passes. There's going to be 10 to 15 to 20 to 30-yard receptions in there, and I think if he does over 21, I like the over on the yards as well. Not a huge fan of over 1.5 touchdowns. I just I want to stay. I don't like that just because we're historically not going to score over the <laughs> air. Um, and I think the last time we did, Albert O was still healthy. So, I, I, look, I, I just don't know if, uh, if 1.5 is going to be it. It's not going to get us there.
0: Yeah, I, this is so impossible to dictate what this line is going to look like for Drew Locke. I'm staying away from it altogether. I, I think Drew Locke probably throws a touchdown. Um, The Kansas City Chiefs give up yards, and they give up points. I mean, that's that's part of their game. The issue is they're going to score 45, so it doesn't matter if they give up 20 points. They don't care about those points because um, they're going to score. that. I think that that's a really interesting point. Let's go to the game line, and then we'll lock around, and we'll lock in a couple of lines here that we have here going on. Kansas City. Fourteen point favorites over unders at fifty point one fifty point five points fifty one points. Does Kansas City cover the thirteen points? And is this just a massive forty to twenty type of game, or is this going to be a little bit closer type of game? I,
1: I always, I always side on the side of the Broncos, and that has bit me in the ass the last wow. two weeks every single time. Last, I mean, I, I took the, I took that uh, New Orleans 13, wasn't going to yeah. beat us by, yeah, that was. Uh, I, I, this is tough because I do think without the turnovers, if we don't turn it over, if we don't allow a special teams touchdown, this game is a lot closer than two touchdowns. I think it, two touchdowns sounds about right. Maybe 10 points. I could see that being a thing, but sure. I just don't see them blowing us out in a, in a rivalry game like this. Uh, I, I just don't see it.
0: Yeah, this one it's, it's so hard, right? I mean, the Broncos gave the Kansas City Chiefs defensively the best punch they possibly could have. Mahomes is not going to throw for under 200 yards this week, period. He threw for 203 yards. Tyreek Hill had like two touchdowns and like 19 catches and like 300 yards in the first quarter last week. I mean, the dude is the league MVP. It is the future of the NFL. I think trying to hold him under 200 yards again is not going to happen. It's so hard. to and, and they still scored 46 against the Broncos. So it's, it's an impossible thing to try to predict here. When we look at Kansas City Chiefs office firepower, 27 points, 35 points, 33 points, 35 points, 43 points, 40 points, 26 points, 34 points. I mean, they score points. The 50 is interesting to me. The over-under of 50 is interesting to me because what's implied in there is that the Broncos are going to score a couple touchdowns. I think the question you need to ask yourself as you're sitting there is are the Broncos going to score a couple of touchdowns? If the answer to you is no... I would take under 50.5. I think that there is um, some value there. I could see this game being like a thir- 33-7 type of game at the end of the day. When we, get to, when we get to the end of the night on Sunday night and Jared's already had 37 of those beers and a couple of brown waters in there too. I mean, it, it could be 33-7 type of a game. I also, if you think the Broncos could score a couple of touchdowns, then maybe we are looking at like a 35, 38 to 20 type of game. That it's gonna happen there, which would clearly cover that line. I, I'm not gonna put my foot on this in either direction. Here's what I would probably tend to lean to: is I, I'm leaning towards taking the over. And the reason why is because I think Kansas City is gonna they're gonna to try to prove a point with the way that the Broncos held them under all those yards last week, and then it's gonna force the Broncos to get into to, to mode. I'm hoping the Broncos can show us some life, something to talk about. Something to not be embarrassed by on Monday morning. I'm going to take over 50. And what I'll probably do is I'll probably tease it in a couple of lines just for the hell of it to take it, move it down to over 44 points in the game. That's where I'm leaning slightly only because here's the deal. Mahomes and, and the Kansas Chief—they're going to score 40 points. My guess is they're going to score 40 this week. So the question is, can the Broncos get 10 to 14? I think the answer is yes. I'm going to take over 50.5 points in this game. I think that that is going to be a valuable line this week. Let's lock that in. That's a ranger right there. Because I think both getting, I believe that the I believe the Broncos are going to get in the end zone a couple times. Yes. I really truly believe that this week. And if they do, the game's going over. If the Broncos don't get in the end zone, fire the entire coaching staff. Fire John Elway. Fire everybody and then we'll try again next year. What do you think about that, Jared? So,
1: so I I to, I a couple a couple pieces here. First of all, go listen to the Orange Weekly pregame podcast. Uh go follow Orange Weekly on your podcast, give us a rating. We talk in depth about how we think this game's going to go and and what we need to do to be able to win this game, including how many touchdowns we think we're going to score. Spoiler alert, I don't think anybody picks Broncos to win. However, that being said, last time we played the Kansas City Chiefs, they scored it the total was 59. Was a 59. We scored two touchdowns, uh, one run at the very beginning of the game that kept right. us kind of close, and then one trash run at the end of the game. Melvin Gordon bounced at that for, for a, a trash touchdown at the end of the game right. to give us 16 points, and they sc- still scored 43 points. Number two, we are playing two rookie quarterbacks. We're starting two rookie quarterbacks in uh, Ojemudia and Bassi. In uh, and, and the absence of Bryce Callahan and their strength. I mean, if you could say that's one of their strengths, they have, their strength is running and passing. Really, it's the, the worst of both worlds uh, mm-hmm. for us. But they, we, we're starting two rookie uh, quarterbacks, quarterbacks yeah. against one of the best. And like you said, possible MVP candidate. They're going to score touchdowns. They're going to score touchdowns over the air. I do think. And then third, my last, my last point yep. on this and why I think it's an over. Drew Locke, last time he had to miss a game. When he had to come back, he was throwing all the balls, and he was he was trying to make a point that he is still the guy, and he can be the guy to come out yeah. here and win a game. Um, I think that's going to happen this week. I think he's super embarrassed about what happened last yeah. week. You could see in his social media posts. You could see everywhere he talks when in his in his right. uh, in his uh, media availability. He wants to come back and prove to him. And to the team and to the fans that he's still the guy that we can still do this. He's going to be airing that ball out. And I think he's going to be able to connect on a couple things uh, that's going to be able to make this game happen. I do not think he's going to give up. That's the other thing I really like about these Denver Broncos this year specifically. And we talked about the head coaching situation. We didn't see that with Vance Joseph. I think that this team does not give up. We're going to score the points, even if we if it's garbage points, we're going to score the points. I also like that fifty-one. Just to kind of add on to that, over on the fifty-one uh, for you, right? Yeah, love
0: it. And if, if if you believe in these kinds of homecomings, right? Don't forget, Drew Locke is a Kansas City kid, so he's right. technically going home. You know, for this week. So I, I think that I think all, your, your your stats, everything that you're sharing there is great. All right, so let's recap from the top. Fingers crossed, Lord, blessed thy soul, that we don't get embarrassed on national TV. I love the fact that we got a Sunday night football game. I love playing daily fantasy football. I will post my lineups for you all to see on the OW Raiders at Twitter. Um, If you want to check out the daily um, single game fantasy lineups, I'll post them there. I think Noah Fant has a monster day. I like Noah Fant over his yards. I like him over his receptions. I might even sprinkle in Noah Fant as our any time, touchdown score during the game. I think that there's some value there. Noah Fant came out hot out the gate, scored a couple of touchdowns. The first three weeks, he looked unstoppable. Basically did nothing for the next three weeks as he battled injuries. Um, we're here towards the last end of half of the season. I think Noah Fant's going to have a monster day. Six catches, 65 yards, touchdown type of game. I love the over. I think there's tremendous value in the over as everything that we've outlined here. And then we're going to keep our eyes on the running back situation. We'll post the live tweets on OW Ragers um, to see if we have any value there. We're locking in those three. I think I'm going to take Fant both ways this week. We're going to take the over on the 50.5. And then if you want to sprinkle in the anytime, anytime touchdown score on Fant, I think that that's a great value. We're all in on Fant this week. Um, if you like one of the receivers, I think take it. I think, Judy, like to Jared's analysis, is right on the number. Vegas is good at what they freaking do, right? They're, they're going to put a line there that get, makes you think about over or under. And then I think there's a little bit of value in the Tim Patrick line. Uh, Tim Patrick, a couple hundred-yard games a few weeks ago, so you forget about him. Um, Tim Patrick, I think there's some tremendous value there. You know, as a matter of fact, rewind, we're going to take Tim Patrick as well. I think that there's some value <laughs> in the Tim Patrick line. Now that I, you talked me into it, Jared, damn it. I love it. Um, At 42 yards, I mean, he had had back-to-back weeks of 100 yards. We think that Drew Locke's going to have more than 21 completions. Somebody's got to catch the damn ball. Let's give it to Tim Patrick. I think we're going to take him over 42.5. I think that there's some value there. Jared, anything for the good of the order, man? Anything good for the people while they're getting ready to watch Sunday football all day long?
1: Hey, we got national television. We got embarrassed nationally last week. Uh, We're going to not get embarrassed nationally this week. Uh, We need to keep up those night games. I think this is the way to do it make this a competitive game. Uh, But hey, Broncos country, like you said, we we could be critical. We could hate on everybody. We can call them the biggest bags of trash that we could find. But we are Broncos fans through and through. We will be here no matter what happens. We could lose out the rest of the season, fire everybody, get rid of all of our coaching staff. And we're still going to be Broncos fans because that's what we do here at Orange Weekly. And uh, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button. Make sure you guys uh, go rate us on your whatever podcasting uh, listener okay. device you're, you're, you're using. That helps us out a lot. And uh, thanks for listening.
0: Yeah, we love doing this, you know, right next to my Super Bowl 50 jersey. I have a Super Bowl 48 jersey, so that way you know that we've been through the thick and the thin, the embarrassments and the and the good times and the bad times. There's nothing that we love to do more than talk Broncos. We bleed orange and blue. We hope you all do. Thanks for riding with us today. Let's make some flipping money. Let's get this train back on track because we is bucked up and we ready to go, <laughs> man. So, hey, y'all, thanks for listening. As always, Go Broncos. Go Broncos. Orange Weekly, fans, brews, and Broncos news.